Good morning, Center Church. Uh, you know what? I thought this morning, since we're doing two services for the first time, that I was actually going to gauge where the Holy Spirit is stronger. Who's got more of the joy of the Lord in them? So again, good morning, Center Church. Ah, there we go. I'll let you know how the 10 o'clock does. But that was better. But it is a good, good morning. It is a good morning because Jesus is risen, right? It is a good morning because we've been raised with Christ through our justification. Now, if you don't believe that, you are in for an amazing treat this morning because today I get to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit and his role in our salvation, okay? Now, I'm a little bit, like, as I say that, I'm a little bit worried that I've, like, lost half the room, okay? (laughs) Because I don't want you to sit out there and think, like, oh, salvation, no, no, I'm saved, I'm good, this, this is not for me, I can, I can switch off, I can get on my phone, play Subway Surfer, okay? That is the furthest thing from the truth, okay? And I'm going to try and unpack that today for you guys and, and show you what I mean by that. But before I do that, I actually wanted to reiterate a point that John actually mentioned last week. And the reason I want to reiterate is I really feel that this is something that, that we need to keep in mind today in this, ser- in this sermon, but also throughout this series, because when I was praying and really seeking the Holy Spirit on this series, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was going to be preaching on yet. I was just kind of doing this general seeking. And I was really asking the Holy Spirit to show me what it was that he wanted to come through in this series. And I shared this with the preaching team. I shared this with John. And, and, and through him speaking to me and through the scripture and through word, I just really saw this picture of unity, which at the time I thought was kind of ironic because I feel sometimes this topic can be somewhat divisive, with people have different ideas of what the Holy Spook is. Who used that word? <laughs> Someone used that word, and I can't remember who it was, right? But he really just reiterated this picture of unity. And actually, when you think about it, it's quite clear. You know, when you consider the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, there's unity there, right? And I think so often, because we're mortal beings with limited brain capacity, we battle with that concept. And so I've seen sometimes how we can sometimes say, okay, well, let's separate all. We'll put God in this box. We'll put Jesus in this box. We'll put the Holy Spirit in this box. And now let's just discuss them individually so we can understand this thing. And I'm thinking, well, no. They are unified, three in one, right? And, and John spoke about that. And so when we look at the people of the Trinity, there needs to be unity there. We need to see them together as one. And then I think about the church, the very first day that the Holy Spirit pitches up, what does he do? Okay, you guys might know the story in Acts. The Holy Spirit comes with a loud noise. It's a big sound of a rushing wind, and it's such a loud, audible noise that all these people come together, and he falls upon the disciples, right? Actually, I wasn't going to read it, but then I, the last minute I thought, I actually am going to read it. And there can never be too much scripture, right? So because I hadn't put in my notes, I brought my Bible. <laughs> this is my Bible. It was actually a present given to me by my wife. It's got my name inscribed on it. It's a really, really cool Bible. It's just got one glitch. It can't switch from version to version. It's the NIV. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's the wisdom that my wife had even before we were married. She thought, if this man's going to be married to me, he needs wisdom. <laughs> All right. So, ladies out there, or husbands, maybe just jump the step, Okay. <laughs> promise you it's going to help. But let's read that account real quick, um, if I can get some light there. Um, all right, so it's chapter 2. It speaks about how the, when the Holy Spirit came. And it said, 
Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. When they heard this account, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Every nation, guys. At the amaze, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Perinthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygria and, I don't know, <laughs> Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya and Yassarine, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of a God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. So there's this amazing picture, right? The Holy Spirit brings together people from every nation, okay? And what's also so powerful about this, which gives me a lot of grace, is that the disciples get up and they start praying in tongues, right? They're saying all this stuff, and these people start hearing it in their own language, but that last little verse is that some people were like, no, they're just drunk. And that tells me that not only was the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through them, it was the power of the Holy Spirit deciphering it to some people. Because some people rejected that. And they're like, no, no, they're just drunk. And that is powerful. That is, gives me so much grace that I know that I can mess up here and speak in babbles, but I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches in the end, right? So there's that picture of unity in the church. And then, of course, really importantly, there's a picture of unity that the Holy Spirit brings between us and God. And uh, I just want you guys to see that. I want you guys to see how beautiful that is, this coming together under the Holy Spirit that unifies us as children of God in Christ. His presence always brings unity, never division. And there's an extra scripture again that I wanted to read. So most of us know Galatians 5, right? It's the, the chapter in the Bible that talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Nine of them. Can you guys help me out? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, goodness. Does that self-control? I think we've got them all. Good job. Okay. Who can recite the works of the flesh? All right. So that's just before. Yeah, that was one of them. Well done. So that's just before, but I actually wanted to highlight one of them, okay? Um, so just before this passage speaks about the fruits of the Spirit, it talks about the works of the flesh, or the acts of a sinful nature are obvious. And yes, sexual immorality, purity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, I know I'm going fast, I don't want to dwell on it. Um, and then this version says dissensions, some other versions call it divisions, so when there is division, especially around this topic, can I say that that's not the Holy Spirit leading you? That is the works of the flesh. All right, so there's my extra scripture. I'm going to close my, my Bible now. The rest is in my notes. But yeah, let's, let's keep that thought central, guys. And I wanted to start off with another scripture from John 16. We know this well. This is a wonderful chapter in the Bible that talks about the Holy Spirit. And this is Jesus talking to us, guys. And this is another scripture that just shows this unity that I'm talking about. Jesus said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. 
very importantly, he will glorify me. Again, this is Jesus speaking. So the Holy Spirit will always glorify Jesus. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So you see the synergy there, guys, right? Everything that Jesus got, he got because the Father had it. The Father gave it to him. And everything that the Holy Spirit declares to us, he gets from Jesus. And that just ties us all together in this unity. So that brings me to my first point. Okay, that was just a little intro. Okay. So point number one, we cannot separate Jesus and the Holy Spirit. One of the things I love about reading my Bible, and this is just my little thing, it should be yours too, though, is I love seeing Jesus in all the scripture. Has anyone, parents of young kids or, or maybe older kids now, does anyone, have you guys read the Jesus Storybook Bible? Anyone? Okay, awesome. If you haven't, I really highly recommend it. We were actually given this book a couple of years ago by my brother-in-law and sister-in-law in Texas. And they were just so excited to share it with us so we could share it with our kids, and I did. And I would read this Jesus storybook Bible to my kids, and it was so good that sometimes when they were asleep, I would go in and sneak it out and use it for my own quiet time, okay? Because it's this beautiful book that just shows us Jesus throughout the Scripture. In creation, in the Old Testament, obviously in the New Testament, and into the end times. Jesus is there everywhere, right? And so is God. And that one's a little bit easier to see maybe sometimes. God is everywhere. We see him throughout Scripture begin to end. But did you guys know that the Holy Spirit is right there? Well, of course he is. Part of the Trinity, right? The first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1, verses 1 to 2, we read, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So there, first chapter of the Bible, there's the Holy Spirit right in the beginning of creation. And then obviously we see him through the Old Testament that he comes upon the prophets, he comes upon the judges. And, and naturally we see him in Jesus' ministry, right? When does Jesus start his ministry? After he gets baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. So we see that there. Acts, well, we just read about in Acts, the birth of the church. There's the Holy Spirit right there. And then right in the very last chapter of the Bible, which is Revelations 22, we read, And the Spirit and the bride say, come. We're the bride, right? That's a picture of unity again, the Spirit and the bride together. And they say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take part. Or sorry, let him take the water of life freely. So we see from these scriptures that the Holy Spirit always was, he is, and he always will be. We cannot marginalize the Holy Spirit. He's not an optional extra of our Christian walk. He's very much there with us all the time. He's that friend that John introduced us to last week. Uh, in Proverbs, sorry, Psalms, no, Proverbs, they speak of him as that friend that sticks closer than a brother. So that brings me to my second point. If you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is already walking with you. Okay? Um, again, another scripture. I'm just repeating John here. So much of what he said. But he shared with us a couple of weeks ago. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So it's pretty clear, right? If we confess Jesus as Lord, then 
The Holy Spirit is there. He's walking with us. But before we can say, oh, wow, you know, it's my great faith that I believed in Jesus that I earned this access to the Holy Spirit. Let's read another scripture. Again, going to John 16, this time verses 7 to 11. Again, this is obviously Jesus talking. And he says, nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. That line's always struck me. You know, yeah, these guys are walking with Jesus, the Son of God. They begin to walk alongside him, see the miracles, see the signs, see the Holy Spirit at work. It's everything's just amazing. I mean, it must be just so amazing. And then Jesus turns around and says, no, no, it is better for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So we're going to get a little bit more into that a little bit later. But before we do, I just want you to see that, that before you believed and confessed by the Holy Spirit that Jesus is Lord, he was there convicting you that Jesus is Lord. And I just think that it's just such a, a beautiful and powerful thing to, to understand. And again, Ephesians 1 verse 13, it says, In him, in, this, in Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with a promised Holy Spirit. So scripture is really clear about this, guys. If we are saved, if we believe in Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit is with us. Now, I'm trying to make a point of here that I feel is really important for us. Because I think sometimes as Christians, we walk around and we, we might feel that maybe since we haven't been slain in the Holy Spirit, or maybe because we haven't performed miracles in the name of Jesus, or maybe because we haven't gotten up and preached to a crowd and had 3,000 people saved in one go, that we feel that perhaps the Holy Spirit is not with us. So by me highlighting these scriptures to say that, in fact, he is with us, and meditating on these scriptures, it's so that I can build up my faith, that maybe we can build up our faith as a community, that in fact, as believers, we do have access to the Holy Spirit. What I'm not saying, though, is I'm not saying that, okay, guys, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit's with you, you're good, just settle for that, okay? I'm not saying that we shouldn't earnestly desire more, that we shouldn't earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to be able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible is clear about that, but what I'm trying to say is the exact opposite, is the fact that if you can believe these scriptures, if you can believe that as a believer in Jesus Christ that you have access to the Holy Spirit, then expect more. Expect to get more from the Holy Spirit on day to day. Expect to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this would be a great time for me to jump into the fruits and the gifts and, and all of that, but I'll be stepping out of my lane, okay? Today, I'm speaking about salvation. And, and what I wanted to point out, this is my third point, is the fact that our salvation is not necessarily just this one-time thing. My third point is the Holy Spirit continually confirms our salvation. So what do I mean? I'm not saying that we lose our salvation after we've already gained it, if I can put it that way. Okay? I'm not saying that we continually need to get reborn again and again and again. Okay? Once we're saved, we're saved. 
absolutely. But so I think sometimes it's easy for us to kind of just put it over here. That was a one-time thing. That was my salvation birthday, and that was it. I got forgiven of my sins, and I got my ticket into heaven. I'm good, okay? I don't think that is what Jesus meant when he said, I've come to give you life, and life to the full. So John mentioned last week that he's not one of those guys that try to get clever, and I shouldn't really be either. Just do it, Rick. Just do it. But when you look at the root word of the word salvation in the Greek, it's the word sozo. You guys heard that before? Anyone? Okay. So it's this beautiful, deep, rich word that means more than just forgiveness of sins. You look at the meaning, it talks about the fact that we are healed. That sozo means that we are healed. I mean, who here after receiving Jesus as Lord has maybe struggled with a bit of sickness? Anyone? Okay, I figured. All we have our hands up, right? Okay. But sozo says that we are continually standing in that truth, that we are healed. It means to be made whole. Has anyone here in their Christian life ever felt broken? I have. But Sozo says that we are made whole. It means to be delivered from enemies. Okay? Do I need to ask the question? Okay? There is this continual outpouring of God's love in our lives through salvation, through Sozo. This continual outpouring where God works in our lives, that he works to convince us of our healing, to convince us that we've been made whole in him, to convince us that he's there delivering us every single time from our enemies. So it really is this beautiful, beautiful picture. And we can align it with the text that I read a little bit earlier, John 16, okay, where it talks about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we saw there that the Holy Spirit convicts us of the fact that Jesus is Lord, number one. Number two, he convicts us concerning righteousness, okay, that is part and parcel of his salvation gig, okay? So whose righteousness is he talking about? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Speaking about Jesus now. Never sin, but he became our sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Guys, if that doesn't make you just want to weep in thankfulness then read it again, <laughs> okay? In Romans 4, verses 25, and this time reading from the Amplified Bible, it says, Jesus, who was betrayed and crucified because of our sins, was raised from the dead because of our justification, our acquittal, absolving us of all sin before God. So whose righteousness? The Holy Spirit is convicting us of our righteousness in Christ Jesus. Now, I know some people like to talk, think about the Holy Spirit as this uh, Jiminy Cricket. What is that? There was one? Like, the, like a conscience on your shoulder. He's constantly convicting you of your sin here, there, and everywhere, telling you when you've done wrong. But if it was that, then our salvation would be based on works, but it's not. Okay? It's based on grace. In uh, Romans 4, Paul repeats the words of David, uh, Romans 4, verses 6 to 8, and says, And in the same way, David speaks of the blessing of one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. These are the words of David. Blessed and happy and favored are those whose lawless acts have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered up and completely buried. Blessed and happy and favored 
is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account, nor charge against him. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our righteousness in Christ Jesus. Even when we've just messed up, even when you said that thing that you know you shouldn't have said, even when you got angry with your wife or with that, that guy in traffic, hey, don't, hun, you're selling me out here, babe. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but there's the Holy Spirit, right? He comes up right next to us, like his friend, close to their brother, and he whispers in our ears, he says, hey, buddy, don't you know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? And I believe it's more than just this declaration. I believe it's a prophetic word that he speaks over us, okay, taking us from glory to glory. I mean, if we tell our children all the time, you're stupid, eventually they're going to start believing it, right? If you keep telling your spouse that they're not good enough, eventually they're going to start living it. The Holy Spirit knows better than that, and he speaks life over us. You know, there is only one person in the Bible that is called the accuser of the brethren, okay? And that's the devil. And I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit never works in tandem with the devil. And nor should we. We need to stand in that position of faith and hear what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Which brings us to that last third point in that, in that passage where he speaks about judgment. Who is judged? It's very clear about that. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit came to convict us that Satan is judged. That is this beautiful picture of salvation that the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into. It's not necessarily just this one-time thing, I got saved, I got forgiven, but it's this journey that we get to walk with the Holy Spirit. And that brings me to point number four. Okay. The Holy Spirit is our stamp of grace on our lives. Our salvation is by, is by grace through faith. But even that faith is given to us by the Holy Spirit, as we, as we read earlier. So the Holy Spirit convicts us that Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to confess Jesus Lord, and then we get rewarded. I mean, how cool is that, right? Read in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. It says, So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's us. So that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. I love that. It's like Jesus does all the work for us. The Holy Spirit does all the work in us. And then we get rewarded with the blessings of Abraham. Which, you know, if you look into the blessings of Abraham, I mean, you could look at a whole bunch of things there, but it all starts with one thing. The first blessing of Abraham is the fact that it was, he believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Everything else that he was blessed with, were you looking at lands or prosperity and whatever else, came out of that first thing, is that we can be called righteous. There is, however, just one small thing that can get in the way of this amazingly good news, right? Can anyone deny this is good? Like, it's not on us. It's all on him. But one small thing that can get in the way of that, and that's our free will. We still need to choose to accept what the Holy Spirit is telling us. So we either accept that as truth or we turn away and we say, no, no, thanks. I'll do it my own way. Now, that brings me, I, I thought I had to cover this in Scripture because this is a piece of Scripture that's a little bit scary, and I thought it would be a miss not to discuss it. This Scripture comes up in three of the Gospels. It comes up in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it talks about the Holy Spirit. 
And uh, it's this little scary thing called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You guys heard of it? Okay. So I'm going to read from Matthew. That's chapter 12, 30 to 32. It says, Whoever is not with me is against me. This is Jesus speaking. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Wow. Does that sound a bit scary? I mean, as a a child, I thought that was scary. I was like, oh, my gosh, have I done it? Have I maybe blasphemed the Holy Spirit? Like, you know, like, what is that exactly? I don't know. You know, really hoping that I hadn't got it right, you know. But it really isn't scary at all. And I want to show you why. You see, in context of, of this, Jesus was going around in his ministry, and he was working in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was performing miracles. He was healing people. He was delivering people. And the Holy Spirit was work even back then. Well, if you were to give the Holy Spirit a job description, it's to glorify Jesus, right? In Jesus' ministry and in our lives, it is always to point to Jesus and glorify him. So he has the Holy Spirit doing his job really well, and some people would reject that and say, no, no, no. Jesus isn't in Lord. This can't be of God. This must be of the devil. And I've heard it said. I've heard people speak about the Holy Spirit, or, the, or should I say, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in that same context. All right? And the Scripture says that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, at least in this context, is that when you reject that word, when you reject the fact that Jesus is pointing, or that the Holy Spirit is pointing to Jesus as the Son of God, it's an unforgivable sin, which makes sense, right? Since Jesus tells us that he is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life, and that nobody can come to the Father but through him. Which is also, again, great news, because as believers in Jesus Christ, we don't need to worry about that. We don't need to worry about some unforgivable sin, because we are in agreement with the Holy Spirit. We are walking with the Holy Spirit. Isn't God so good? Guys, this is good, good news, and it excites me, and I'm so happy to just paint that picture, and you know, if I'm, if I'm speaking to the converted here, awesome, go share the news, share the news to the world out there, but I thought I would love to just take some time to just pray into this, okay, and there's two areas that I think we can pray into today, so that first area I thought is that if there's anyone out there who's never really believed that Jesus is Lord, Maybe you've done the church thing your whole life because it's just a done thing. You did it, you know, growing up, you did it with your family, but you've never truly believed. And you feel that today the Holy Spirit is doing what the Word says He does and that He's convicting you that Jesus is Lord. I want, I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but I want to pray for these people, okay? And then there's a second group of people that I'd like to pray for. And that's perhaps maybe someone who's always believed in Jesus because of maybe some erroneous teaching or maybe a misunderstanding you've kind of marginalized the Holy Spirit and said, well, I don't quite get it, so I'm just going to put it over there, and I'll just walk my happy lane over here. If any of you out there feel like that, and, and, and today's sermon and the scripture that I've read today is just showing you this wonderful gift that we have to walk with the Holy Spirit, then I'd like to pray for you guys as well, if that's okay. So again, I'm not going to try and embarrass anyone. I just You know in your heart where you're at, you know if this is... is 
in line with you, always need a few, but let's just pray about that quickly. All right, so everyone's eyes closed. Father God, we thank you that you loved us so very much that you sent Jesus. That you sent Jesus to come and pay the price for our sins. And in turn, gave us his righteousness. We thank you for that salvation that we received. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you that, Jesus, you said that it is better that you go away so that your omnipresent Holy Spirit could come and could come and teach us, comfort us, and convict us of all truth in love. So, Lord, we thank you, and we, and we, we don't shy away from these words. We don't shy away from the word of God that you've given us, but, Lord, we, we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, and in faith, in this truth, we receive all that you have for us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And we thank you for the perfect plan that you have for our, life, for our life. And today in faith, we say we will walk with you and we will walk in the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill us all, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, guys, that doesn't need to be a weird thing, right? As John said, like, when you go to work on Monday morning and you think, like, well, you know, I could really use a bit of wisdom in this next big business decision that I've got to make. Pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that you give me wisdom. And then walk that out. Know that the Holy Spirit is with you. If you're in conversation with a friend or a family member who's in a rough spot and they're just coming to you just to talk about stuff, pray. Lord Jesus, let your Holy Spirit speak through me. Help me to show Jesus in this situation. It doesn't need to be weird, guys. It's just a matter of walking it out with the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for joining us. You might be asking yourself the question, how can I take this further? Firstly, you can send us your contact details to cindy at centerchurch.co.za where we can include you in our online connect groups and you can receive our daily devotional. Secondly, you can hop on our website where you can access previous sermons and find out more about who we are at Center Church. Thirdly, if you consider yourself as part of Center Church, we want to thank you so much for your ongoing financial partnership. The banking details are on the website. Thank you so much for joining us and hope you have an amazing day.